You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. It means to know the difference between the obligations of my civic duties as an American and to understand my higher commitments to love, to justice, and to compassion. It means to hold the former wholly dependent on my fidelity to the latter. Welcome to episode 492. My name is Herb Montgomery, and our title this week is Render to Caesar the Things That Are Caesar's. Our reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 22, 15 through 22, and it reads, Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used to pay for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. So Jesus saying in our reading this week, it, it appears in all three of the synoptic gospels, and it's it, it's also in the Gospel of Thomas. It's one of the sayings of Jesus that I believe is is probably it, it's one of the most misunderstood sayings today, especially by the Christian right. And if we're going to arrive at a, a life-giving interpretation of this story, we're going to have to back up some and consider some historical context. So archaeologists tell us that the most circulated coin in Jesus's day was a small coin with Tiberius Caesar's image on one side and and a seated woman holding an olive branch and a scepter uh, on the other. And, and on the side with Caesar's image, there were these words, and it was written in, in, in Latin, but I'll, I'll give it to you in English. Tiberius is both Caesar Augustus, meaning the emperor, and son of the divine Augustus. And so there was this claim that Caesar Tiberius specifically was the son of God. Augustus, which was Tiberius's father, he had been declared divine by the Roman Senate in uh, 14 CE, and that was upon his death. <clears throat> During his life, Augustus had uh, circulated coins too, and that referred to him also as the son of God. After Julius Caesar's death, his father, uh, adopted father, there was a star. It was really a comet, but a star had appeared at the, the summer games that were dedicated to his honor. And many Romans, they interpreted this as a symbol of, of Julius Caesar's soul ascending to the heavens to dwell with the gods. A year and a half later, the Roman Senate uh, declared Julius Caesar as divine. And, and the star that appeared 
uh, in the, those summer games previously, it began to be referred to as the Julian Star. Um, I find it fascinating. This is just a little tangent that when Jesus was born, Matthew's gospel describes a new star appearing in the heavens as well. But regardless, because of this tradition, Augustus, Julius's son, had coins minted and circulated that has had his image with the words Augustus Caesar on one side and on the back, the, the Julian star with the words divine Julius indicating that Augustus was the son of God. So each succeeding Caesar after Julius and Augustus, they also described each one of themselves as the divine son of God, God being the previous Caesar, all the way to Tiberius in Jesus's time. On the back of the coin that was most likely held up in our story this week, remember it, there was an image of a woman holding a scepter and an olive branch, and that symbolized in the Roman Empire both the rule and the peace of Rome, or the Pax Romana. The woman on the back of this coin is most often identified as, as Tiberius's mother, uh, Livia, um, the, the, the Madonna imagery here and uh th this gives our story this week a little bit more context when jesus held up the coin and he asked whose image was on the coin and whose inscription what were the words there there were two images one of tiberius claiming to be uh claiming that he was the the divine son of god and then there was the image of his mother Olivia, the, the mother of the Son of God. And, and keep all of this imagery and its claims in mind now for a moment. In our reading, Jesus doesn't tell his followers to pay the, the Roman tax, but nor does Jesus tell them not to pay the tax. What Jesus does tell them, holding this coin up with its imagery and its claims, is to know the difference between their obligations to Caesar and their obligations to the God of the Torah. And, and now consider those coin images and their claims again in this context. Jewish Jesus followers, Jesus' Jewish listeners that day as well, they would have heard his reply and remembered these words in the Torah itself. In Exodus 20, verses 2 through 5, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven, above or on earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. So, so on the surface, the words give to Caesar, Caesar's due, that would have sounded like an affirmation of paying tax to Rome, and, and thus it kept Jesus out of trouble with the Romans. But to his Jewish listeners, who knew the words of the Torah, the following words, by following that up with the words, and give to God what is God's, that would have held a much deeper and subversive message. In other words, you can't claim that Caesar is God and be faithful to the God of the Torah. According to the Torah, someone could not be both, someone could not honor both Caesar's divine claims and honor the God of the Torah. These two claims are 
were diametrically opposed to each other. So much so that, that again, one could not honor one of those without violating the other. So you couldn't serve both the God of the Torah and the Caesar as God. The, the question that had been given to Jesus, remember it was an effort to entrap him before the Romans. Yet, yet through his response, Jesus had turned the trap around and he was actually indicting the elites and the powerful whom the poor viewed as serving Rome through their positions in the temple state. And honestly, I love how slick this story ends up being in the end. The the people questioning Jesus, they sought to render him guilty of, of violating the Pax Romana before Rome. And instead, they end up being rendered guilty of infidelity to the God of the Torah in the eyes of the people. So, with all of this in mind, how could we apply uh, the lessons of our story in our context today? Well, I live in the United States, and there are times when the claims of my citizenship here, those are in perfect harmony with the teachings that I believe are in the Jesus story. There are times when, when those teachings call me to lean more deeply into my my civic duties because of the demands of of love of neighbor and the belief that that every person is the object of divine love as dr emily towns so poignantly says if you begin with the idea that god loves everyone justice isn't very behind and very far behind and there are times when the state um also demands of me actions that oppose the teachings that I perceive to be in the Jesus story. I'm, I'm thinking of times when I'm asked to pledge allegiance to and support things like the American military industrial complex, or I think of times when I'm asked to pledge allegiance to the economic, exploitative, and poverty-creating elements of a, a, a global capitalism. I think of when I'm called to pledge allegiance to American policies that still systemically hurt those made vulnerable. I think of systemic racism and systemic misogyny still baked into how we do things here. So being a Jesus follower who is also an American, it becomes complicated. Sometimes I'm proud um, of this nation, and I'm happy to participate in its society and fulfill civic duties. Other times, I'm ashamed of our national actions, and, and I participate in our society by speaking out and by obstruction. As someone who both loves the Jesus of the Jesus story and many of America's democratic aspirations, even when I speak out, it is because of love, love of neighbor. It, that's my highest call. That's my highest value. And, 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 and I also, I love this nation, or, or rather, I love the ideals that this nation claims to aspire to. If a human society actually could live up to these ideals, I don't think those ideals would contradict the ethics and values I read in the Jesus story. But what I read in the Jesus story, again, it would it would lead me to lean into those high ideals if those were practiced, and, and my civic duties too, if those ideals could be realized. And I know that's a big if, but the values of the Jesus story they call me to continually choose to work 
toward making our world a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. And wherever people are working to make American society a safe, compassionate home for everyone, I can come alongside them and participate in that work. Where they are working to make American society unsafe or lacking in compassion or unjust, I can come alongside those working to oppose them. So, so my allegiance, remember, it's to love and justice and compassion first and foremost. My allegiance to America is contingent upon its fidelity to, to these values. And I don't give my country a blank check when it comes to my allegiance. When I oppose spaces that contradict the values I'm most deeply committed to, I oppose them out of love for what we as a society could be. If we leaned more deeply into the just demands of, of love of neighbor. And this is what the gospel uh, teaching, I believe, when it says to render to Caesar those things that are Caesar's and to God those things that are God's. That's what it means for me in my context today. It means to know the difference between the obligations of my civic duties as an American and to understand my higher commitments to love, to justice and to compassion. It means to hold the former wholly dependent on my fidelity to the latter. Heart Group application this week. Share something that spoke to you from this week's eSight or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, how are your own civic responsibilities contingent on your commitments to love, compassion, and justice? Share and discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today. I want to say a special thank you to all of our supporters out there. If you would like to join them in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries work, you can do so by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking Donate. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily posts. Also, if you enjoy listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, please like and subscribe to this podcast through whatever podcast platform you're listening to it on and also consider taking some time to leave us a positive review there if that's an option this helps others find this podcast as well you can watch our new youtube show called just talking each week at youtube forward slash at herb and todd just talking each week todd leonard and i will be taking a moment to talk about the lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend we'll be talking about each reading in the context of love inclusion and societal justice our hope is that our talking will be just talking as in justice but also that during our brief conversation each of you will be inspired to do more than just talking if you teach from the lectionary each week or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the jesus story from a a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, check it out. You might like it. You can find Just Talking each week again on youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. Please take a moment when you get there to like, subscribe, hit the notification button, leave us a comment, let us know you were there. And if you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. And lastly, my new book, Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher 
teacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels is now also available at RenewedHeartMinistries.com. Right where you are this week, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week.